Amen. Praise the Lord. Take your Bibles. Turn with me, please, to Isaiah chapter 61. Isaiah 61. It is God and Country Sunday. One of my favorite holidays, one of my favorite special days here at Calvary Baptist Church. When you find your place, stand with me, please. Isaiah chapter 61. I had about five different passages of Scripture that I wanted to preach from. I had about five different titles for this message. Uh, I settled on this passage and this title because I ran out of time. Amen. That's where I happened to be when it got church time. I tell you, I love, I love the subject that we're preaching on today. And uh, I don't make any apologies for being patriotic. I make no apologies for preaching like I'm going to preach this morning. On a Sunday morning, uh, Isaiah 61, verse 1. If you're there, say amen. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. I want to preach this morning on that word in verse 1, liberty. Liberty. That'll be the focus of the message this morning. Let's pray. Father, we ask you now, as we turn our hearts and our minds, Lord, both to the Word of God, but also, Lord, to the history of our nation, I pray, Lord, today that something would be said to be a blessing, a help and encouragement to God's people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for standing. You can be seated. <clears throat> for the sake of time, I didn't read the corresponding verses or have you turned to them, but in Luke chapter number four, we find the fulfillment of the verses that we just read in Isaiah 61, they are fulfilled in the book of Luke, chapter number four in verse 14 and following. The Bible says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit in the Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And so this morning I wanted to just point out that the the Lord Jesus Christ uh, came as the fulfillment of the prophecy that we read in Isaiah 61, his ministry was multifaceted. You could never even begin to exhaust the aspects and facets of the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ that is sort of summarized in these few verses. But one of them was to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening up of the prison to them that are bound. So we can say this morning with authority that one of the reasons Jesus came was to proclaim liberty. Now, we're gonna get more down to the biblical aspects of this subject in just a moment. I've got a crash course in history I wanna give you. 
uh, for those of you that may have been indoctrinated in your local public government school uh, and need to just be reminded of the truth of the founding of this country, but I think it'd be safe to say this morning that the Spirit of God is a huge advocate of liberty, amen. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I think it's also very interesting that our Bible, the Scripture, the Word of God, in James chapter 1, verse 25, is referred to as the perfect law of liberty. Amen. There is no uh, irony there. There's no oxymoron there. It's a perfect description of the Word of God, law of liberty. You cannot have liberty without laws. We're discovering that now in this nation as they're doing everything they can to eliminate law and order, as they're doing everything they can to defund the police, we're seeing the crime rate go out the roof, the homicide and murder rates are going up, the anarchy in the street, the chaos in the street will only increase as they continue to do away with logical, sensible, biblical laws and replace them with humanistic, socialistic, Marxist laws. You cannot have liberty without law. And the Bible is called the perfect law of liberty. God is a proponent and an advocate of liberty, amen. Well, today's July the 4th, 2021. This nation was founded 200, I think 45 years ago, if I did my math correct, am I right on that? 245 years ago today, America, our nation was founded. And I say this again, I've said it many times, I will say it again, I love my country. I love America. I have been, I've had privilege to travel the world. I've been in uh, 13 or 14 different nations around the world. If you come to my office, I've got flags of every country that I've been in all over the world, Mexico and Brazil and uh, the, the Philippines, China, Myanmar, Mongolia, Israel. I've been to Ghana, I lived in Africa, I lived in the Samoan Islands. I've been all over the world, seen India, many places I've been. And I say this this morning from my personal experiences that America, with all of her problems, is still the greatest nation on the face of this planet. I believe that with all of my heart. I don't make any apologies for that. I believe America is a great nation. I believe our nation is a beacon and a light for the rest of the world because of the fact that we love liberty in this country. And when we lose the liberties and freedoms that we have today, there is no other place to go. This is where people are coming that are looking for liberty. This is where the oppressed are coming. This is where people that are looking for freedoms and liberty and the opportunity to pursue the American dream, this is where they're coming. They're coming here by the thousands and if we lose it here, there is no place for us to go. Three things I want to give you this morning about liberty. Number one, we have liberty because of the beliefs of our founding fathers. Our founding fathers, our founders were men of great principle. They're men that had a very strong belief system. They were vocal in their beliefs and they were adamant that freedom and liberty was something that was worth fighting for and that liberty was something worth dying for. Their sacrifice was invaluable because it was backed up by a belief that all men should be free. Let me give you some quotes. George Washington, July the 2nd, 1776, let us therefore animate and encourage each other and show the world uh, that a free man contending for his liberty on his own ground is superior to any slavish mercenary on earth. 
Benjamin Franklin said, any people that would give up liberty for a little temporary safety deserves neither liberty nor safety. Freedom is not a gift bestowed upon us by other men, but a right that belongs to us by the laws of God and nature. Samuel Adams says, if you love wealth greater than liberty, the tranquility of servitude greater than the animating contest for freedom, go home from us in peace. We seek not your counsel nor your arms. Crouch down and lick the hand that feeds you and may posterity forget that ye were our countrymen. Thomas Paine said, it is the duty of the patriot to protect his country from its government. John Adams said children should be educated and instructed in the principles of freedom. Patrick Henry said the battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, the active, the brave. Besides, sir, we have no election. If we were base enough to desire it, it is now too late to retire from the contest. There is no retreat but in submission and slavery. Our chains are forged. Their clanking may be heard on the plains of Boston. The war is inevitable. Let it come, I repeat, sir, let it come. Our founding fathers were not afraid of war or conflict or death in their belief that freedom and liberty was something that we ought to fight for and be willing to die for. You ever wondered what happened to the 56 men that signed the Declaration of Independence? Five signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons serving in the Revolutionary War. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardship from the Revolutionary War. What kind of men were they? Twenty-four were lawyers and jurists. Eleven were merchants. Nine were farmers and large plantation owners. Men of means, well-educated. But they signed the Declaration of Independence knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were captured. That was the kind of men this nation was founded on, our founding fathers. You could look high and low today. It'd be all you could do to fill up a Volkswagen of men of beliefs and convictions like what we had, our founding fathers. I've never in my life seen such weak lack of leadership in this country. It is sad, it is shocking, it is disgusting, but we have liberty today because our founding fathers had convictions and had beliefs that liberty was worth dying for and fighting for. We do a great disservice to our founding fathers when we sacrifice and give up, surrender our liberties and our rights and our freedoms for safety. I've said it before, our politicians were not elected to keep us healthy. They were elected to keep us free. Amen. We live in an America where people are more concerned about their temperature than they are their freedoms and liberties. We live in a country of people today that are more interested in their next stimulus check than they are the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the freedoms and liberties that we have today. And I'm telling you, we're doing a great disservice to our founding fathers and their beliefs and their convictions that liberty was something worth fighting for and dying for. Number two, we have liberty today because of the basis of our freedoms. Let me give you several subpoints here. First of all, the basis of our freedoms is the Bible, the Word of God. The song Sister Bell sang, how appropriate was that? How wonderful was that about the cross and about uh, the, the Bible and the word of God and how that it fits hand in hand with American with freedom. But Thomas Jefferson said political interests can never be separated in the long, from, from, in the long run from moral right. right. 
Let me read that again. Political interests can never be separated in the long run from moral right. Can the liberties of a nation be sure when they remove their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are a gift from God? Fisher Ames, the author of the final wording for the First Amendment, wrote, Why should not the Bible regain the place it once held as a school book? Its morals are pure, its examples captivating and noble, the reverence for the sacred book that it thus nearly impressed lasts long, and probably, if not impressed in infancy, never takes firm hold of the mind. Amen. The Bible must be taught our children from infancy. John Jay, original Chief Justice of the U.S. Supreme Court, said the Bible is the best of all books, for it is the Word of God and teaches us the way to be happy in this world and in the next. Continue, therefore, to read it and to regulate your life by its precepts. James Wilson, signer of the Constitution and a U.S. Supreme Court Justice, said human law must rest its authority ultimately upon the authority of that law which is divine. Far from being rivals or enemies, religion and law are twin sisters, friends, and mutual assistants. Indeed, these two sciences run into each other. We are living in a country today where they're trying to separate the Bible and Christianity from law, and you cannot do it. Patrick Henry said it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, peoples of other faiths have been afforded asylum, prosperity, and freedom of worship here. They come here from other countries oppressed by their religions, not because America was founded on religion, but because it was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Not only was the basis of our freedoms the Bible, but secondly, the basis of our freedoms is the Constitution. Yes, sir. John Adams said our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Why do you think right now our existing, our current government is at such great conflict with the Constitution? Everything the Constitution d d d explains and, and stands for, our current government officials are against. That's right. That's right. Patrick Henry said the Constitution is not an instrument for the government to restrain, restrain the people. It is an instrument for the people to restrain the government, lest it come to dominate our lives and interests. Right. Benjamin Franklin said the Constitution only gives people the right to pursue happiness. You have to catch it yourself. In a day and age where everything's a right. Come on now. Everything's a right. Yeah. No, it's not a right. Everything's not a right. Go ahead. No. Alexander Hamilton said the Constitution ought to be the standard of construction for the laws and that wherever there is evident opposition, the laws ought to give place to the Constitution. Well, that's a novel concept, isn't it? Many of our elected officials on the, on the local level, county level, state level, and federal level, I'm afraid have never read the Constitution of the United States. And they were sworn into office, put their hand on the Bible, swore to uphold a document they know nothing about. Thomas Jefferson said, the two enemies of the people, watch this now. The two enemies of the people are criminals and government. So let us tie the second down with the chains of the Constitution so the second will not become the legalized version of the first. Amen. Amen. 
James Madison said, do not separate text from historical background. If you do, you will have perverted and subverted the Constitution. We live in a day and age where being a constitutionalist, where being a pro-constitution makes you some kind of a nationalist, white supremacist, Nazi, something or another. I don't even know where they're getting all this from and they're connecting dots where there are no dots. But I'm telling you right now, as long as we put judges on the bench that do not believe in the Constitution and the timeless truths and the historical context of the Constitution, we are in serious trouble in this country of losing our liberties and our freedoms. I'm shocked at how many laws are on the books right now that are unconstitutional. And when they're contested, they go to a court and then they're overturned by some judge that doesn't believe in the Constitution. The whole system's rigged because they don't go by the Constitution. And we're living in a society where the Bible says, like in the book of, in the book of Judges, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. People's own personal beliefs, their own emotions, and their own personal ideology is supreme over the Constitution of the United States. But this country was founded on the Constitution. And if we don't get back to electing people that believe in the Constitution, we're going to be in chains for it's over with. We're already being labeled terrorists as it is. Just for preaching what I'm preaching right now, we could be called terrorists. The Bible, the Constitution. Thirdly, the Bill of Rights. We're talking about the basis of our freedoms, the Bill of Rights. What a beautiful document. The foundation, George Washington, in his first inaugural address, April the 30th, 1789, said the foundation of our national policy will be laid in the pure and immutable principles of private morality. The propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregards the eternal rules of order and right which God, its heaven itself, hath ordained. God led our founding fathers to produce some amazing documents in our nation's beginning that have stood the test of time. Our country's lasted long than most because we had these documents, the basis of our freedoms, the freedom of religion. The pilgrims and the Puritans came here in the, in the 1600s for religious freedom, giving Americans the freedom to worship God. And I'm telling you right now, it's being jeopardized. And churches and Christians last year in, in truckloads gave up religious liberties and freedoms and bowed down and kissed the boots of Dr. Fauci. And one of these days, what we're doing right now is going to be illegal in the United States of America. You say, I don't like what you just said. I didn't ask you if you liked it. I just spoke what I know would be the truth. We're giving up our religious freedoms right now and handfuls. We'll never get it back. Never get it back. Freedom of speech. Well, Thomas Jefferson said resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. Let me read that again. Resistance to tyrants is obedience to God. No state-run or government-mandated religion should exist in America. We should all have the right and freedom to worship God ever how we see fit. I may disagree with a lot of people in their beliefs, in their doctrine, and their religion, but in this country, you've got the freedom to worship God ever how you want to. Freedom of speech. John Adams said the jaws of power are always open to devour, and her arm is always stretched out if possible, to destroy the freedom of thinking, speaking, and writing. 
My wife told me last night, she said, do you realize that they just suspended right side broadcasting off of YouTube for simply broadcasting President, former President Trump's speech? Suspended him off, uh, spin him off of YouTube. I mean, you can find anything else you want to find on there. Don't get nervous. Don't be suspending our channel for it's, it's over with. Our channel that's up there right now that's got hundreds of my messages, if the algorithms and the powers that be at YouTube find out I'm quoting Thomas Jefferson and, and George Washington and Jesus Christ all in the same message, don't be surprised one day when they lock down our channel. Why? Because the people in power today hate freedom of speech, but it's in our Bill of Rights. So I don't like what you said. Well, that's what part of being in America. You can say what you want to say. I don't have to like it or agree with it. But we have freedom of speech in this country. It's shocking to me. We want to shut down everybody that we don't agree with. That's not just a slippery slope. That's a grease pole to hell is what that is. We cannot shut down free speech in this country. We still call ourselves Americans. It's amazing how many preachers have put a muzzle on themselves. They put a straight jacket on their own pulpit and they won't speak truth and they won't say what needs to be said because they're afraid they're gonna be canceled or censored. Well, I'm telling you right now, they can't cancel me. They didn't put me here and they can't take me out. God called me to preach. And as long as I've got breath, I will stand and I will speak truth. I sleep good at night knowing I can't be bought or canceled except by the one that called me. Is everybody okay? Yes, I'm so sick of this cancel culture. Yes, sir. I've gotten aware if I say something they don't like, I say it again, double down, say it again, four times in three languages. Maybe they'll leave you alone after a while. But I ain't apologizing when I'm right. Yes, None of us ought to apologize when we're right. Speak truth and stand up and have a backbone, amen. We live in America where you're still free, hallelujah, to say what you wanna say. Amen. And I'm not even mad. I'm not, see I'm smiling. I get worked up, man. I get worked up, freedom of the press. Thomas Jefferson said our liberty depends on the freedom of the press and that cannot be limited without being lost. Freedom of the press. Freedom to publish the word of God. To print the gospel, to propagate the good news. To say what we wanna say, speak our minds, give our opinions. See, I don't agree with that, that's fine. Read something else. They're going to be burning books in the street for it's over with. I'm waiting for the day they ban my books off Amazon. All of them's on there right now. They just don't know what's in the books. They'll ban them one day. The freedom to bear arms. I'm not talking about wearing tank tops. I'm talking about different kind of arms. Thomas Jefferson said, no man, no free man shall ever be debarred the use of arms. Patrick Henry said, those that hammer their guns into plows will plow for those who do not. <laughs> Patrick Henry also said, the great object is that every man be armed. And every woman. Alexander Hamilton said, the best we can hope for concerning the people at large is that they be properly armed. Samuel Adams said, the Constitution shall never be construed to prevent the people of the United States from keeping their own arms. Amen. Our current, our current occupier of the White House needs to read that. Yes, 
George Madison said, to disarm the people is the best and most effectual way to enslave them. One of the biggest lies right now that you're seeing in the news is these governmental buyback programs. I don't know how they could buy back something that they never had to start with. Amen. They didn't give me my arms. How could they buy them back? Come on now. And anybody that would surrender their weapons for a grocery voucher, I'm glad that they don't have guns anymore because they're too stupid to own one. Amen. Just keep thinning out the herd. Amen. I love these government, pro, these government buyback programs. Anybody that will walk in there and lay their gun down and get $100, praise the Lord, I'm glad they don't have a gun anymore. Where am I at? It's 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. George Washington said, this is George Washington. Is everybody Okay. Our, our, our capital city is named after him, at least for now. At least for now. They'd change it to George Floyd if they could, but right now it's still named after George Washington. Take a deep breath, it's okay. Inhale, exhale. Firearms stand next in importance. This is George Washington. Firearms stand next in importance to the Constitution itself. They are the American people's liberty teeth and keystone under independence. From the hour the pilgrims landed to the present day, events, occurrences, and tendencies prove that to ensure peace, security, and happiness, the rifle and pistol are equally indispensable. The very atmosphere of firearms everywhere restrains evil interference. They deserve a place of honor with all that is good. I'm going to get a t-shirt that says, don't be scared of my guns, be scared of me. Amen. Amen. The freedom to bear arms. Again, that's not talking about sleeveless shirts and tank tops. That's talking about weapons. <clears throat> well, I think they ought to confiscate all the assault weapons. You don't even know what an assault weapon is. Amen. You wouldn't know an assault weapon from a salt shaker. Amen. Thirdly, Get, our, get, get to the Bible here. We have liberty, thirdly, because of the benefit of our faith. Here's where, here's where I want to pivot. Though we as Americans celebrate liberty and freedom today, that liberty may be, at some point, taken away. They could come when the liberals and the Marxists will outnumber the patriots in this country. Now, I don't think they do yet but they control the narrative. Because they own Hollywood and all the media channels and the televisions and the newspapers, it seems like there's a whole lot more of them than there are of us. And I don't believe that there are, personally. And I may be wrong. I've been wrong before. But I think right now we are the majority in this country. But we're very quickly losing our voice and our, and our courage to stand and fight. And the truth is that one of these days, our liberties and freedoms will be stripped away from us. They're already being stripped away from us almost daily. As an American, that breaks my heart. But I take great consolation in one fact. The liberty that I have been afforded 
through Jesus Christ can never be taken away. Amen. And we can celebrate today the fact that through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are free. We have liberty. A liberty that the world can never take away. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you were made free. When I got saved, I was made free. And we're told that repeatedly throughout the scriptures. In our text this morning, Jesus said in Luke, in fulfillment of that prophecy, he said he came to proclaim liberty to the captives. In John chapter number eight, Jesus said this, John 8, 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answering said, verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed, amen. So we were slaves, we were in bondage. You say, I was born in America. I was born in a, in a country that's free. If you were born in America, in a country that's free with liberties, you were still in bondage to sin and to Satan, and you needed to be liberated. You needed to be free by the blood of Jesus Christ. And when you got saved, you were given a liberty through Jesus Christ that can never be taken away. Amen. I take great comfort in that this morning. Because before we were saved, we were slaves. We were slaves to sin. Many of you in here this morning could stand and testify of addictions and the, and the traps that you were in, the snares that you were in. But when you got saved, God broke those chains. He gave you freedom, gave you liberty. Throughout the scriptures, we find that Jesus came to set the captives free and that we've been made free, first of all, from the penalty of sin, hallelujah. The penalty of sin, the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. When we got saved, we were free from the penalty of sin, hallelujah. You say, I don't know how you can say that. One of our church members just passed away. No, she just, she just graduated is what she just did. She walked through a sister, Sandra Mullins. She's not dead. She's more alive than she's ever been. She walked through the door. Amen. Paul said to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. Amen. When you're born twice, you only die once. Amen. She's in eternal life. Amen. I'm thankful for the fact that the penalty of sin, I don't have to spend eternity in hell because of the liberty and the freedoms that I have been given through Jesus Christ. I'm grateful I've been freed from the penalty of sin. I've been freed from the power of sin. I like this, Romans 6, verse 17, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you, being made free from sin. You became the servants of righteousness, free from sin, free from the power of sin. Verse 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness and to iniquity, unto iniquity even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness and wholeness. For when ye were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things whereof you're now shamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin, 
and become servants to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. As time will not permit for me to give you the verses with the word free or liberty in them that tell us as Christians that because we accepted Christ as our Savior, we have been given liberty, we've been given freedom that the world can never take away. That's one reason why I'm so adamant about this Every Nation Project. We have the opportunity to sow seed in what we're calling closed countries. Closed countries. We've got a couple more missionaries tonight. Are any of those in closed countries? One's in America but going to Ethiopia. One's going to Ethiopia. It's a closed country. They don't have the freedoms we have over there. We've got missionaries in countries, I mean, goodness, North Korea, China, uh, this list goes on and on. Over there in, 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 uh, in uh, the, the Arabic countries, they have to have church underground. They can't do what we're doing right here. We send missionaries over there, they will never have this. Run buses and have, have vacation Bible schools and run ads in the paper and put videos on Facebook. They will never be able to do that over there because they don't have the liberty. But we get a missionary over there passing out tracts and scripture and talking one-on-one and people getting born again, getting saved by the grace of God. They have a liberty and a freedom that their government cannot take away. And that is the freedom I'm talking about that comes by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I wish I had another hour to preach this morning. Now tonight we're going to kind of tandem, tag team another message. We're going to preach tonight on how to pray for your country. We're doing a series on that as the Lord leads. And tonight, being the 4th of July, I want to preach tonight on how to pray for America, how to pray for our country. Because I honestly believe with all of my heart, prayer is the only hope we have. Amen. I'm going to walk on thin eyes here with some of y'all. But if you still think that an election is the secret, you need to wake up. And I'm all about voting. For what good it does, I'm all about voting. But that's not the secret to revival in this country. Prayer. Getting saved. Being a soldier for Jesus Christ. Being a witness, telling other people about Christ. Having a Christian home. Being men of character and integrity. Being women of character and integrity. Being young people with character and integrity. Christian character. Churches like this one. Continuing to let their light shine. Continuing to be the salt. Continuing to send missionaries around the world. Continuing to have junior church and a Christian school and running buses. Churches like this. Christians like us being clued in and, 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 and to, the, to, the, to the throne room of God, but the devil's fighting me right now. The devil's fighting me right now. You say, well, I believe if we could get so-and-so in office, things will be different. You still think that? No. It's the church. God left the church here to be a representative and ambassador to the world. 
All power is given unto you in heaven and earth. He was talking to us, the church. He wasn't talking to the Republicans. He wasn't talking to the independents. He wasn't talking to a politician. He was talking to you. He was talking to us. He was talking to the church. We hold the key to revival in this country. You stand on the street corner and wave a flag all you want to, but if you're not a Christian, you're wasting your time. Amen. Tonight we're gonna to preach on how to pray for a country, I pray for America, but I'm grateful this morning. I gotta wrap this, I gotta, I gotta land this plane. I don't even see the runway and I gotta land this plane. Liberty and freedom. I love it. But the government and, and society may, may, may squelch it, may shut it all down, but they can't take away our liberties and freedoms in Christ. They can't take our salvation away. I'm eternally secure in Jesus Christ. Amen. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Lord, help us this morning. Lord, I had so much on my heart. I don't know if I said it all, but I felt like I did this morning what you wanted me to do. And I pray, God, this morning that you would speak to our church, embolden our people. I pray for our young people, our teenagers, our, our young adults, Father, this morning to understand that, the, that, that the, the door is closing in this country to be the Christians, the witnesses, the light, the salt that you want us to be. And Lord, I pray that we take advantage and not waste a single day.